this one's going to be a little bit different. And since y'all are listening to this, obviously that means that I survived the Twilight Zone. And let me briefly go into details about that. Because, man, first of all, anybody that I ever see moving forward that shares one of those little memes or whatever, whatever that's like, can you survive 30 days with no internet, no social media, all that jazz, and people share it and say that they can, I'm immediately deleting you as a friend, period. Because that's a damn lie. It's impossible. First of all, I don't know how we made it as children with no internet. Well, you know what I do know? Because we was actually going outside and playing and stuff like that. We had stuff to occupy our minds. Where now solely rely on social media, the internet for entertainment, stuff like that. And it's poison. (laughs) I can confirm now that it is poison because I went back home. Um, Shout out to my cousin Charles and his wife. Um, They had to come back down, take care of some personal things or whatever. And my family's in Florida for the week or whatever. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to go on this trip. So I was like, I ain't got nothing to do. So I'm going to ride down there, you know, just so they'll have somebody to, you know, talk to, kick it with or whatever. And that gives me something to do. So y'all know from a small town or whatever. And again, unfortunately, you know, my mom passed. So as far as going home, you know, it's not a lot of people that's still there. In terms of people my age, you know, people that I grew up with, where I when I go home, I can just go kick it with them, chill and hang out or whatever, provide some little form of entertainment. So that's not even an option. So literally, I have to get in the car and drive to another town that's 20, 30 minutes away or whatever, just to see the closest friend that I grew up with or whatever. So I'm, I'm aware of this. So I pack my PS5. Y'all know I'm big Call of Duty junkie or whatever, so I'm prepared to spend the weekend <laughs> playing the PlayStation, chilling, and you know that gave me an opportunity to go back and visit mom's uh, gravesite or whatever. That's my first time going, and a part of that was because you know what I'm saying, like I was just nervous, afraid. I haven't been down there since the day of the funeral, and mentally, you know, I thought I was prepared, but Obviously, I wasn't because when I got down there, you know, the first thing I'd done, like I ain't even going to the house. Like I literally, you know, the cemetery is directly behind my mother's house. So I can look out the kitchen window and see the cemetery. So, you know what I'm saying? As soon as I pulled up, parked, I immediately walked back there. And, man, that was one of the longest walks. Like just me approaching it, man. I just I started crying and all that jazz. And it was it was hard. It was tough. But everything happens for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, my kids are not aware of the situation. I mean, of course they know she's no longer here. But I've never, you know, explained death to them and stuff like that. So that gave me an opportunity to kind of go by myself, try to get some of it out. So that way, once they go see it, if they got questions or are confused, then they don't see me all emotionally rattled and I'm able to, you know, have some kind of composure and go over that with them. But that ain't what I want to talk about. 
So, go in the house, cool, plug the PlayStation up, because, you know, the internet and stuff is still at the crib. All right, I'm finna play the game. Well, Wi-Fi don't connect. I'm like, oh, hell. Like, what's going on? Wi-Fi ain't, ain't, ain't working. So, of course, you know, nobody is at the house. I'm saying to myself, unplug, plug it back up. So I try that. Nope, don't work. So I'm calling around like, man, is the, is the Wi-Fi password still this? Is it still that? Everybody's like, yeah, still don't work. Call customer service. And they give me the run around. And basically they're like, it's the weekend. We ain't going to be able to send nobody out. Tough luck. Get over it. So now I'm heartbroken because I'm like, okay, can't play the game. To play the game, it requires the internet. I don't have the internet. So what the hell am I finna do? So my wife is like, use the hotspot from your phone. I'm like, all right, I'll try that. We eventually got that to work. So it wasn't strong enough for me to sit down and play no game, of course, but I was able to, you know, stream Fresh Prince and stuff like that. Just something to do. I'm in the crib by myself. So Charlie and him pull up, and that night, you know, we was able to talk or whatever, and I wasn't worried about no TV, no internet or nothing, because I at least had somebody in the house to kick it with. Next day, they leave to go take care of whatever they got to take care of, and I'm here at the crib by myself again. Turn the hotspot on, hotspot ain't working. All right, what, what the hell is going on? I ain't think nothing of it. I was like, maybe the phone's just bad. So I go to lay down. Next thing I know, I hear somebody banging on the door. It's my pops. He's like, man, I've been trying to get a hold of you, man. Uh, what are you doing? I've been calling your phone. I was like, man, you ain't calling me. My phone's sitting right here. I ain't got no missed calls. What's going on? He's like, I have been calling you. I was like, call my phone. He called it and went straight to voicemail. Never wrong, never done anything, went straight to voicemail. I look at the phone. It says no service. I'm like, man, that's weird. What's going on? So I go outside thinking it's just where I didn't get a signal in the house. And nope. So I text my wife. I'm like, wait a minute, man. You pay the phone bill? What's going on? Like, we ain't got no internet? Like, what's up? Text message failed. Ain't nothing going through. Bruh. Nah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? So I'm in the twilight zone. Like, I'm freaking out. I, my pops done woke me up out of my sleep, deep sleep. So I'm, like, confused. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a confused state. I'm like, first of all, it's 100 degrees outside. Like, it ain't even that hot up here, at least at the time it wasn't. Now I'm back home, and shit, it's hot up here too. So I jumped in the car, drove 15 miles before I got a signal. And I called my wife because I'm like, first of all, if she's been trying to get a hold of me and it's going to voicemail, I don't want them kind of problems at all. I was like, hell, she might have got on the plane to come headhunt looking for me <laughs> because I ain't answering the phone. I'm sending her straight to voicemail. So I had to clear clear the air on that. I was like, nah, man, I'll drive 100 miles as long as I can get her on the phone and tell her what's going on. So apparently the Verizon Towers down there or whatever was out because of whatever reason. I don't know. So I sat the whole weekend with no Internet, no phone, no social media, no text messaging, no nothing. And when I tell y'all, man, long story, I know I've been rambling for about five, ten minutes already, but long story, doc, that was painful. 
that was painful. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. And I said all of that to say this because it's funny how everything happens for a reason. So over the weekend, I was able to kick it with, with Chuck and his wife. And like I said, there ain't no TV, ain't no internet, none of that. So all we have is conversation. So we just sitting around talking, man, talking about life, talking about, you know, different little goals and visions and things that, that you see for yourself or your family, things that you want to try to accomplish. You know, we just having real adult conversation, motivational conversation. And several times, the you know, the concept of kids kept coming up. And, you know, my advice to them was it'll happen when it's when it's time to happen. Don't ever be in no rush. I feel like y'all doing everything the right way. Y'all married, y'all building. And once y'all get to that point to where you're ready to start having kids and stuff like that, then that's going to be perfect because you're bringing kids into the world and you already established. You have a foundation. You have all of that put together. So that's what we're talking about. So... Fast forward to this morning. Shout out to my cousin Grip. He pulled up on me this morning before I pulled out. And we was just, you know, sitting there catching up or whatever. And he's on the, the last episode that I posted. We was talking about, you know, uh, the prison system, parole, and stuff like that. So got a lot of good feedback on that one. You know, a lot of people was like, damn, like, I ain't know that. That was interesting. So shout out to those that listen to it. We definitely appreciate y'all. So like I said, me and him's chopping it up. And... If y'all listened to the last episode, we was talking about how when I finished high school and stuff, I decided to leave. I was like, I didn't want to be in that box. And I talked about how my mother was trying to encourage me to stay and go to Murray State, which is, you know, only an hour away. It's still considered, you know, local or whatever. And I I didn't want to do that because I wanted to take the risk to go see something else. So we just sitting there chopping it up. And then somebody else came in. So now we sitting there talking and the conversation that I want to have today, and I ain't going to make it long, but what is the role of a parent? What is the job duties of a parent? And I'll I'll dig a little bit deeper into that, you know, the further I go with this conversation. But I had time to think about this the whole drive. And I couldn't wait to get back home so I can hit this record button because I was just saying to myself, I was like, it's crazy how everything just happens for a reason. Because I feel like if I would have had the PlayStation there, then that would have took away from me sitting around having conversation with Chuck and his wife and stuff like that, because I'd have been too busy focused on the game. And my cousin Grip pulls up on me this morning, and I was actually getting ready to pull out to leave, because I was like, I've I've suffered enough. I'm not going through another hour of no cable, no internet, no none of that. I was like, I'm out. And he just so happened to pull up, so we sat down, and we having this conversation. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, dog, if he don't pull up, none of this is possible. So... We're sitting down and we're talking about, you know, different decisions and stuff that led 
other people to get into trouble and stuff like that. And the conversation was like, well, this happened to somebody because of somebody else. And I know it's it's not fair for me, you know, not to go into details about it or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just like I ain't here to be gossiping and putting folks business and stuff out. So the the details of the conversation for what I'm getting ready to talk about is not important. So I said, no, you can't blame somebody else for why they went to prison or was always in trouble and stuff like that. You have to not only hold that person accountable, but you have to put some blame on the parent. And this person was like, how do you figure like, man, this system is designed to to trap us and trap these kids and they didn't have no other options and they didn't have this and that. And I was like, dude, if you know that the system is not designed in your favor, then it's up to you to try to figure out how you can coexist with this same system in place and figure out how to beat it. And all my life when I've said things like that, I've been labeled as living in a fantasy world and I don't have realistic expectations of life and this and that. And to me, I think that's BS, period. That is BS. And I disagree, period. I'm not with the excuse making BS. We are all responsible for our own actions. Yes, racism exists. Yes, discrimination exists. But if you choose to allow that to imprison you and prevent you from trying to go out in the world and better yourself or prosper so your kids don't have to go through none of this or experience it as much, then that's your fault. And I'm never going to apologize for thinking that way. If that makes me sound delusional or crazy or whatever the case may be, then I'll wear that hat. I'll wear that hat. And we were talking about the school system, and this person was like, well, they had it out for this kid and... It wasn't nothing that I could do. And if they was a real teacher or a real educator, then they would have been looking out for the best interest of this kid, not trying to send him down this path to where the only outcome was prison. And I said, if you know that that was taking place and they was targeting or after your child, then don't you think that's on you to remove that child from that environment and take him or her somewhere else. And the response I got was that ain't that easy. It ain't that easy. I can't just do this. I can't just up and leave and, and, or whatnot. And for us, I told you we from a small area. So the next school ain't numbered 15 miles away. Of course, it's another school in another County, but for the betterment of your child, in my opinion, if you see that somebody has it out for your kid and they don't have the best interest or you don't see anything positive coming from your child being under this school system, then I don't give a damn what's happening. 
I'm going to take my child out and I'm going to send him or her to another school where I feel like they have a better opportunity so they don't go down that road. But you can't leave them there knowing that in your mind you think somebody has it out for your kid and then the end result is your child ends up going to prison or going through that system and all you do now is blame them for it. I don't agree with that at all. So that's why I'm saying, what are the responsibilities of being a parent? And it's like some people think as long as I provide money, I'm doing my job. As long as I put food on the table, I'm doing my job. As long as the kids got clothes on their back, shoes on their feet, I'm doing my job. And that's where I disagree again because I feel like it should be deeper than that. In my humble opinion, I feel like once you start bringing children into this world, that's when you have to accept the responsibility that somebody else depends on you. Let that sink in for a minute. Somebody else depends on you. A child can't feed themselves. That's where we got to come in with the formula, the bottle, the titty milk, excuse my language, the titty milk. That's where you as a parent, you're supposed to be there to nourish this child, grow this child, develop this child, teach the child how to talk, dad, mama, whatever. Teach the child how to count, teach him how to tie their shoe without a parent or some kind of adult presence. They would never know how to do these things. But do you think that stops when the child is 10, 15, 18, 20? At what age do you stop being a parent? And in my opinion, that there's no age on that. There's no time frame on that. And I feel like we, as a community have to stop this mindset of, well, once they get 18 or once they get a certain age, then you on your own. Nah. Because if your child ain't able to think on his or her own and understand the consequences of his or her actions, then you feeding them to the wolves. You sending them down that path to where one wrong mistake is going to land them in prison. It's going to land them in those situations that they can't get out of. And now they trapped in that system like we talked about on the last episode. So we had a heated discussion this morning. And I'm saying like, dude, we have to stop blaming everybody for our own decisions. Like, when do we hold ourselves accountable And to me, it's like, that ain't no fantasy world. And I use myself as an example when I talked this morning because I said that when I was living in Lexington, I had graduated from college. I didn't have a job that I thought I was supposed to have. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do as a fresh college graduate. I'm like, man, I'm out of school. I'm trying to live it up, trying to be something that I know I wasn't. Wasn't even caring about making a generous amount of money. I'm just getting by day by day, whatever. 
And then the minute that we found out that we was pregnant with Aubrey, Aubrey's born into this world. And Aubrey had some complications and stuff when she was first born. So we didn't get to put her on the regular formula and stuff like that. Aubrey's formula was $30 a can. And it wasn't even a big can. Um, New Tramagen or whatever it was called. And she was going through a can like every two or three days. $30 a can. Then I'm getting to the point where I'm like, dude, I don't even have enough money to keep this going. A lot of people don't know that. So I'm I'm disclosing that. I don't have nothing to hide or whatever because at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason. But I looked at that child. I looked at what I seen growing up and I said to myself, I don't I don't want to put no child through that. Where you struggling to get by and you barely able to make things work, make ends meet. So I dropped everything and moved her to Louisville. I didn't have no job lined up. I didn't have no place to go. I moved in with my mother-in-law. Shout out to my mother-in-law for giving me a place to stay until I got a gig and got on my feet. And shout out to Nikita because she helped me get on the job that I'm at now. And in August, it'll be, what, nine years? And the rest is history. So I made a conscious decision to drop everything and do whatever I had to do to make sure my family was well off. Fast forward, I got two more kids, spoiled as hell. I don't regret nothing. Am I rich? No. Am I struggling? No. I do what I have to do to get by, and by the grace of God, I'm able to provide for my family without them ever having to see us struggle, which was my fear when Aubrey was only eight months old, nine months old. I'm like, man, if I'm barely able to put a formula in how I'm gonna put food on the table so I said all of that because going back to what we talked about I'm saying that in my opinion if you was really that concerned about your child's well-being then you would have done everything in your power to show this child a different environment but instead you use that as a crutch. You blamed everybody else. And that's why I'm saying, like, as parents, you have to be willing to sacrifice something for your kids. In my opinion, everybody may not agree with that. But like I told them this morning, I'll take every piece of clothing off my body if that requires uh, me to keep them warm. If my kids are cold and I don't have no heat in the house, I'll take everything off my body. I'll freeze so they'll be warm. And if you don't have that mind frame as a parent, then something is wrong with you, in my opinion. Not judging nobody, but in my opinion, something is wrong with you because you done went out and had kids. And obviously you don't give a damn about them because you don't want to see them doing better than you. And that's why I'm saying it was so important. Like that conversation this morning weighed on my mind the whole drive. Four and a half hours. I'm just sitting there like, that's crazy to me. Because I'm saying that as a parent, is the is the goal not to show and teach your kids everything that you wish you would have known growing up. 
every parent, every generation has said that. I wish I would have known that growing up because I might have made different decisions. Well, guess what? You have a child now. So all that stuff that you say, I wish I would have known, put that in your kids. Now they'll know. Now, if they still go off and do and choose the opposite of what you try to teach them, then you got to raise your hands in there. That's not on you. I can't be blamed for them making a decision that landed them down the wrong path. At that point, I'm holding you accountable for your own actions. I tried to give you the blueprint. I tried to give you the tools that you needed to get through this or at least make you aware of right from wrong and that's crazy because like i said i'm talking to chuck Nim the other night and the conversation came up about when do you start talking to your kids about sexual activity and that's a whole nother conversation in its own self and shout out to charles's wife maybe one day she might want to join the conversation and come on the podcast and, and share her story because i really thought that was very interesting And that will give her the opportunity to explain it without me saying something and painting this picture and it comes off a certain kind of way. So I'm not even going to disclose that, but I'm saying that if your parents talk to you about the birds and the bees and they're telling you the consequences of you choosing to get involved with sexual activities, whether it's a STD, whether it's having another baby or whatever, and your child goes out and does opposite of everything you said. Well, guess what? You made your bed laying. That's on you. I told you what to watch for, what to stay away from. You chose otherwise. That's on you. But anything other than that, it's up to me to teach my kids, to guide them, and make sure they're going down the right path. And if you're not doing that, in my opinion, that makes you selfish. And at the end of the day, I'm saying that you're partially responsible for what happens to that child in the long run. If you ain't willing to sacrifice your personal time to make sure that this child is being guided correctly. Then you can't be mad at the outcome in the end if that child walks down the wrong path. I don't want to debate that with nobody because like I said, all my life I've heard that I live in a fantasy world and I tell people all the time that ain't, that ain't a fantasy world to me at the end of the day, dude, that's just logic. If you can't walk around this world and use simple logic right from wrong, then what are we even talking about? Like I said, I know the system ain't designed for people that look like me. But what can I do about it? I can't change the system overnight. I can't change the system. I have to figure out how to coexist within this same system and maneuver around it to get through life and make sure that I've set my kids up for them to understand this same system. And if it's still in place, they got to figure out how they're going to maneuver around it. I thought the goal... (laughs) was to teach your kids everything that you wish you had known, right? But instead, 
you drag them down this path and blame everybody else. And that's where my respectfully disagree comes in at. And like I said, we talked about staying down there in my hometown versus leaving and seeing different parts of the world or being around other people and seeing something different that may alter your decision making. And that's what I'm saying now. Like that's that's important in my opinion. You're gonna stay where you comfortable at. And like I said, the conversation was, okay, if I know ain't nothing going on down here and I see different people who may have X amount of money or they driving cars and I'm walking down the street, I'm going to be enticed by that. I might want to go and do what they doing. But as a parent, it's like if I see my kid trying to go down that path, I got to try to grab them, turn them around and push them back in the right direction. But if they decide to, you know what, nah, I want to go back. <laughs> I want to get some of that, that easy money, that quick money, that whatever you want to call it, then guess what? There's nothing else that I can do about that because you're now at this point, you're disregarding everything that I'm trying to do. That's when you as a parent, you're like, you know what? I've tried they don't listen. You just got to learn the hard way. And if it comes down to that, then you have to live with the consequences. But don't watch a kid go down that path knowing that's where they headed, but then you blame everybody else. And I said all of that to say this. We have to be better as just a society as a whole. I ain't going to say black. I ain't going to say white, Hispanic, whatever. I turn on the news too many times and see too many young kids shooting and going at each other, fighting and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, we, we watching a whole generation of young kids go down the wrong path. <laughs> What's the job of a parent? What is your job as a parent? The conversation came up this weekend. Also, all these young grandparents. You're a grandparent at 40. That ain't normal. <laughs> that ain't normal. Hell, I'm, I'm going to be 37. I can't even imagine having a kid that has a kid. To me, growing up, man, my grandparents was always 60. You know what I'm saying? Like, in their 60s, my grandparents passed in their 80s. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, they was in their 50s when I was created. You know what I'm saying? They were elderly. A lot of them, you know what I'm saying? They were retired. You know, I ain't going to say retired because grandmama worked in a little nursing home or whatever. But she wasn't doing no hard labor jobs or I didn't see my grandmother getting dressed to go to the club, go hang out and have drinks. I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with that, but like if the grandmama's in the club, the daughter's in the club, who got the baby? When my parents wanted to go out, they took us to grandma's house. 
Grandma can't watch the kids because grandma's trying to go out. And we normalize that, bro. And I'm, I understand times change. I understand nothing stays the same. But these are the consequences. Who's raising the kids? The streets? The internet? Everybody want to walk around carrying big Dracos and think that the cool thing to do is go around shooting at people and all that goofy shit. Excuse my language. Because the streets is raising them. Where the parents at? I'm telling y'all, man, like I ain't even gonna sit here and ramble and preach or whatever because this ain't nothing new. Everybody knows this. But it's just interesting how I spent the whole weekend having deep conversations with people only to wake up this morning and have another deep conversation. And I got to sit in the car by myself and think about that all the way here. And I'm like, damn, everything happens for a reason. Like, for real, for real. Everything happens for a reason. Like, maybe it just wasn't meant for me to play the PlayStation all weekend. He gave me some podcast content. And I hope people are actually listening because I'm saying to myself, bro, like, this ain't me living in a fantasy world. I'm speaking from experience. I made a decision to leave a city and move to another city that I ain't familiar with. I don't know nobody. I'm moving here completely blind in hopes that something different happens. And luckily it did. But if you ain't willing to take that risk for the betterment of your family or for the future of your kids, then to me, (laughs) no disrespect. That makes you a bad parent. You ain't willing to put what you like going out clubbing, partying. You don't want to put that to the side to make sure you're a good influence for your kids. You create a positive environment for your kids. I done told y'all on this podcast plenty of times that, man, my parents wasn't married. I don't know what the proper love and affection is when it comes to a husband and a wife, and I'm still learning on that. I'm still working on that. But I said to myself, I'm going to make sure my kids at least see me putting forth the effort. They ain't going to sit here and watch their mother crying, struggling, barely able to put food on the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, I don't want my kids to see that. Some people can't adapt to that. Some people ain't mentally tough to see that and that's what creates those cycles and then your kids follow in behind the footsteps of the parents because the parents didn't show them nothing different it's the key to life not to show your kids something different what's the saying uh play the cards that i was dealt i just got to play the cards that i was dealt nah because in blackjack hit me <laughs> hit me I want another card damn it hit me and guess what if that card ain't right hit me again give me enough damn cards until I bust I ain't just gonna settle with this weak ass hand of cards that you trying to pass out and let you win the game because I'm afraid to ask for a new card that's the risk in life so what if I get 22 
yeah, you won the game, but guess what? I ain't I ain't go out not asking for another damn card. And then blame the dealer once I got to get up from the table. Nah, that ain't the dealer's fault that you lost. You were scared to take a risk to win the damn game. What is it as a parent, dog? Like, like you don't want to take no risk to make sure that your kids and your family is better. And I know it sounds like I'm preaching. It's Sunday afternoon. Anyway, I may not even post this to the mod Tuesday or anything. But, no, nah, I'm telling y'all, as soon as I got back home, I was ready to hit the record button. I said I wasn't going to make it long, but we already 30-something minutes in. And, again, I apologize for sounding like I'm lecturing or preaching or something like that. But, man, that that stuff kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I'm going to get off track a little bit because I had a conversation also over the weekend talking about the G League. And how now these kids can go to the G League straight from high school. And I said, in my opinion, I think that's stupid. And quite naturally, when I say stuff like that, it's met with, I disagree. And that's how the conversations start. That's how the debates start. But... If you just think about this for a minute, and like I said, I'm off track a little bit, but it it all ties in. Trust me. We did a podcast on Kwame Brown, number one draft pick, right? Everybody says Kwame Brown was a bust and he stole money from the league, da-da-da-da-da. So if I'm a GM, I'm constantly trying to figure out how I can't make this mistake ever again. I'm giving an 18-year-old kid... $20 $20 million, and he ain't bringing me no money in return. What can I do to prevent this from happening? We're going to start a D-League. For those that don't follow basketball, you're not familiar with it, that's the developmental league. That's what it was called in the beginning. So if I draft a kid, now I have the option to demote them, basically, send them down to the D-League because I feel like they're not ready for the big stage and leave them there. If they don't ever develop and pan out to be a star or the caliber player that I feel like they should be after that rookie deal is up, I can get rid of them. And that's going to make it harder than ever to recover. So if I'm demoted down to the D league, odds are I'm end up having to go overseas or, playing these little rec leagues and stuff like that for little odds and ends. So if I'm an owner, I'm saying to myself, well, guess what? I just saved myself millions of dollars because I didn't go out on a limb and take a risk on this kid. So that's been around for a couple years now. They changed the name to the G League or whatever. So fast forward, still got a watered-down product. A lot of these draft classes are weak. These kids are getting guaranteed contracts, and after two or three years, you'll never hear from them ever again. So now these GMs and owners is like, damn, like, man, we still losing money gambling on these kids. What is it that we can do to save money? In my opinion, here comes the option to go straight from high school to the G League. Here, we'll give you 150000 
We give you two hundred and fifty thousand. Well, guess what? Now this kid ain't even gonna go to college because they chasing the money. They want the money. To some people, two hundred fifty thousand dollars is a game changer. Really, it is. But this is where the conversation we had started, you know, gaining speed because I said, "Do you take the two hundred fifty thousand and gamble on hoping that you work yourself up to the draft and actually get selected, or do you go play collegiate basketball? Your games are televised." You have the best facilities. You're constantly working on developing your game. The NBA ain't going nowhere. Professional basketball is going to always be around. So what is the rush? So why take the $250,000 up front when you know that's a huge risk? Of course, the reward is great. But. You can still get to the NBA if you bypass the money and go play college ball. Develop your game. Go pro. Make sure your game is top-notch. So now you get another contract after your rookie deal. You get another 15, 20 million. And if you're a superstar like Zion or somebody, your next contract is a hundred mil. A hundred mil. But I'm going to take 250000 now at 18 years old. And I'm saying to this person that I was talking to, that's the trap. Now these owners are like, well, guess what? I don't have to draft them if I don't want to. I get to watch them in the G League first. And then that's going to determine if I really want to take this risk, if I really want to take this gamble. And you done funneled them and pushed them to this little small little league over here and I don't know who's in the G League but I know who's in college so now if I draft you first I have to pay you and you don't develop into what we think you are so now I done lost millions of dollars well guess what here they gonna go over and take this little bitty small money and I can watch you and it didn't cost me nothing And it goes back to parenting. Unless you a superstar athlete. I saw one of them kids, they was a five-star that went to the little straight out of high school or whatever. That kid's almost 100% guaranteed to get in. But how many kids do you know that have hoop dreams, think that they're cold, but may not be as cold as they think they are. And when it comes to the best talent in the world, you don't pan out. So now they can kick you out of the G League because you ain't signed by a team. The G League teams don't have to bring you back in, at least to my knowledge. If you go straight from high school to the G League, if they decide that you ain't what they think you are or could be, then, nah, we don't need you no more. Here, take your little 250000 or whatever you made and have a nice life. You just missed out on the opportunity of millions if you'd have just stuck to it. And that's what I'm saying. That's what's wrong with, first of all, basketball. The product is watered down because everybody's chasing the money. But why are they chasing the money? Because you got the parents that's trying to live through the kids. 
The parents are encouraging the kids, take the money. You only live once. The phrase that I heard with this conversation is a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And I'm saying that we have to change that mentality. Stop encouraging our kids to chase quick fortune because it's not long term. You give a kid $10 million at 18 years old. You think $10 million is going to last the 18 year old to the time they at the age of where they should be uh, ending their careers, i.e. LeBron James. LeBron James is 36, 37 years old that made hundreds of millions of dollars. He's comfortable. But how many of them kids that went to UK only lasted three, maybe four years, and they was drafted at 18? So by 25, they ain't playing professional ball. They ain't drawing a check. So you got to hope that they didn't blow their money in the beginning because by the time they 40, they ain't going to have nothing. And it all boils back down to parenting. What are you teaching your kids? What are you showing your kids? To wake up every day and value money? Or do you value work ethic? How do I make money and let my money make money for me in the end? (laughs) A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Well, shit. If I learn how to catch birds, I might be able to grab three birds. Who knows? But I didn't work on my bird catching craft (laughs) because I took the one bird and walked away. I could have had the bird in my hand and grabbed the two out the bush. But no, we we teaching our kids to go after the money. You one injury away. You one injury away. Yeah, I'm one injury away from being able to provide for my family for the rest of their life, too. So if I take this 250000 the G League trying to offer me at 18 years old, first of all, we ain't even included taxes. We ain't even talked about taxes yet. You know they're going to tax it. You know they don't have the amenities of the professional athletes in terms of five-star hotels and big steak dinners and everything else. So <laughs> I done already chopped this 250000 up, and now I got to live off of it. You think your parents ain't going to ask for a couple thousands, send home? Quit living off these kids, man. But, again, that's just me. It's easier said than done. I understand that. Some people come from situations and environments where $250,000 is a life changer. And you got to hope and pray that your kid is talented enough to where, all right, we taking this lump sum up front because we are guaranteed the millions six months from now when the draft comes. But that's a huge risk. But anyways, I know it's long. I know I've been rambling. But understand that it's coming from a good place. Because I'm trying to get people to think. That conversation came up this weekend, too, about just thinking things through. Quit making split decisions. Uh, temporary decisions have permanent consequences. <laughs> We're talking about uh, sexual education at an early age. Yeah, me experimenting for 10 minutes going to cost me 18 years, possibly, if I don't protect myself. Five minutes of pleasure might land me an STD that I got for the rest of my life. Temporary decisions 
permanent consequences. We got to teach our kids to think long term, man. If your kid is as talented that you believe they are, then why are you in a rush to take $250,000 when your kid has the potential to put, to make $250 million when it's all said and done? But nah, we, we force them to go chase the bag, get the bag, because the parents ain't teaching them nothing, nothing. That's wild, man. But like I said, I ain't going to sit there and keep rambling. I just thought that was an interesting conversation this morning because I honestly feel like some people think that as long as you paying, then you doing your job as a parent. If you hungry, hey, you ate, my job is done. Nah, it ain't. And it definitely ain't no age limit on that. Because what if your child is 30, got a wife? Um, life happens. People lose their jobs every day. Some people may form drug addictions, alcoholic, and lose everything. And if you can't come back home to the nest, something is wrong with that picture. In my opinion. No, nah, I raised you. You grown. You an adult now. You on your own. And then when they go down the wrong path, even as an adult... And change the future for their kids because you done got locked up or something done happened and got shot because your parents wouldn't open the door just to help you. Even if it is an adult, you understand that you still got something to do with the outcome of that. There ain't no age limit on loving and caring for your kids. And I ain't saying allow your kids to just leech off of you and you take care of them. Uh, Van Wilder, for those that seen it, you know what I'm saying? Van Wilder, parents and stuff, taking care of him. He living, you know what? Actually, that was the premise of Van Wilder. They cut him off. Get your ass out of school. Do what you got to do. So that was definitely a bad example. <laughs> but you get what I'm trying to say. Like, you just cut him off. It ain't your fault that your child got a drug addiction and then jeopardize their family. Because of their drug addiction, you ain't going to try to help them at all. I raised you. You 18. I did my job. We got to stop that, man. We got to stop that. You don't never stop becoming a parent. Here I am now. I just told y'all, fam. I went to go visit my mother's grave, and it crushed me. It crushed me. It crushed me. As much as I want to pick up the phone and call my mother, I can't. I can't. So, <laughs> don't don't feed your kids to the streets just because they turn 18. Don't give up on them. I done did my job. I done did my job. Ricky Smiley. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just rambling now. I'm here by myself. Like I said, the fam's still in Florida, so I ain't got nothing to do. But, it was just interesting to me, just the, the thought process. Because it's like, you rather sit there and watch your kid be attacked, per se. If you said these people had it out for your child, you'll sit there and watch it happen. Knowing what the outcome may result in, and you ain't going to do nothing to change it. And then when that outcome does happen, it becomes a reality 
You blame everybody else. Am I in the fantasy world or are you? <laughs> That's a legit question. Who's really in the fantasy world? The person who's watching something happen and you honestly think a different outcome may result of that? Or the person that says, you know what? I ain't even going to take that chance. I ain't gambling with that. If you don't have the best interest for my child and making sure their future is bright or trying to steer them in the right direction, then I got to take my child somewhere else. Because as an educator, I feel like they have an influence on kids' lives as well. Not only is my job to steer you on the right path at home, but when you go to school, if a teacher sees a kid acting up, you got to try to talk to these kids. Now, again, like I said earlier, if these kids still continue to make bad decisions and go down the wrong path, then ain't nothing you can do. But guess what? I attempted. But instead, the parent is watching the kid go down this path. You claim the teachers don't care, so the teacher's watching the kid go down the path. And then when the kid goes down that path, that we all know the end result, don't nobody want to take accountability for it. I'm out of here. Ass toasted, yeah. no competition. Amnesia toasted. Yeah. I feel so high. I feel so live. My body's in the twine. Amnesia toasted. I feel so live. And I know why that I can't deny. Amnesia toasted. Goody, fine wine. Fools, mock liquor. Wish me I'm high class.